study. So when you hear people asking questions in an orderly fashion, they are not interrupting. That's the idea. We're never really formal around here, but uh, I like it. The, we're even more informal during these open Bible studies, right? And we're going to pick up with verse 2 where Brother John left off last week. Do you, do you want these, these doors closed? Yeah, Johnny, could you close those doors when you come in? Thank you. And if, my, if our uh, weather prognosticators are correct, it'll be about... 10 or 15 degrees warmer than it felt yesterday. Ooh, heat wave. And then by the middle of the week, we're going to be getting close to 50. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Wow. 54 yeah. on Friday. Wow. Well, then. Party. I never, I never give them more than three or four days out because they're never right a week out. But uh, but I, I, I th they're pretty good when it comes to 48 to 72 hours out. But um, we'll pick up, as I said, verse 2. We're going to read through verse 9, giving everybody in, in the house a moment to get settled in. Those of you online, have your Bibles open and read along with us. And if you want to read out loud, uh, uh, I was reading this week that it was not until sometime after the time of Christ before people normally read themselves. It was pretty standard that when people read, you'd hear them at least mumbling the words as they read. And I know some people just say they can't read to themselves, but it's more of a thing of practice makes perfect, I think. It's just like listening to audio. Uh, I wasn't very good at it uh, when I first, out of necessity, started listening to a lot more audio. When I lost my vision, you know, back ten years ago or whenever that happened, uh, and um, they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, necessity is sometimes the mother of education because mm -hmm. that's how I learned to listen better, and now I do it all the time, and it's great. Still, don't listen to my wife the way I ought to. She, just, she has to repeat herself a lot. But that's just because I have one bad ear. And, and if she's talking this way, a lot of times I don't get it. And then she's always talking to the dogs, so I never know if she's talking to me or the dogs. <laughs> but anyway, let's pick up there uh, in verse 2. 
and read through verse 9. Uh, read the even with me. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 1. Might as well. Uh, John covered it last week, but it gives us context. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. For they call themselves of the holy city, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou shouldest say, My idol hath done them, and my graven image and my molten image hath commanded them. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. They are created now, and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldest say, Behold, I knew them. Yea, thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not, yea, from that time that I hear is not open, for I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously, and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Amen? Mm -hmm. So let's open with a word of prayer and then we'll get into our study. Ask uh, Brother Doug in the back if you would of the Bible study. We thank you for this day and time. We thank you for a nice warm building and uh, refreshments and coffee and all. Uh, <laughs> we are spoiled, I'll tell you. And, uh, mm -hmm. Lights so we can see. Everything we don't want to take nothing for granted. Anyhow, Lord, we just uh, pray, pray for uh, Brother Greg that can uh, bring 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 us some nuggets and something like a dog with a bone and something to chew on. And, uh, anyhow, we just thank you for this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we saw in the first verse that God is confronting Israel, which is the northern kingdom, um, which had separated from the southern kingdom, uh, which is will be identified much of the time as the kingdom of Judah. Um, that's why it says there, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah. Where did the kingdom of the north, Israel, come from? Originally, it was part of the southern kingdom and Jerusalem. Uh, was the capital. Now Samaria is the capital. And so uh, he's confronting them uh, with the fact that they talk about God <laughs> and they use his name, but they're not true believers or true followers of God. Um, and then we pick up in verse 2. For they call themselves of the holy city. And stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. Now, that, that could be true of a Baptist, uh, evangelical, fundamentalist, whatever. Um, it can be true 
just as true of churches that preach the true gospel have people in the pews that fall into this same category. Um, we have to be careful that even though we're saved, we can get into a lull, a, uh, a rut of sort, and we could just begin going through the motions and not really have our heart in it. That's really all revival is. Revival is when people get their hearts right before God, and it's called revival when it happens to a bunch of people. <laughs> That's really good. Technically, though, anybody, any of us, can experience a revival um, and should be revived at all times, technically. And uh, I've had my moments where I've uh, just been discouraged by things, kind of worn out, beat up, that sort of thing. Uh, but it also happens with sin. Um, with some people, they get sucked into sin. Um, materialism. Some people get so focused on making money and doing things that isn't evil in and of itself, but they get overwhelmed with uh, those things and, and it pulls them away from the Lord, whatever the case may be. But it is kind of strange here. You, you, it says, that for they call themselves of the holy city and stay themselves upon the God of Israel, meaning they still claim him. Um, but what it say in verse 1, but not in truth or in righteousness. And that's always been something since I was a kid. It always uh, fascinated me about Roman Catholics is that they believe Rome became the holy city. And what do they call themselves by? Rome. Roman Catholic. Um, and they still claim to believe in God. Ask them if they've ever been born again. Ask them if they believe the gospel and been saved. Ask them if they know for sure they're going to heaven when they die. Never met one person. You, I have met. Uh, I can name a couple of names. Uh, people that uh, were Roman Catholic and told me that that was true. But actually, I can name about a dozen over thirty years. Almost all of those eventually left the Roman Church. There's one or two that I last I heard is still going to the Roman Catholic Church, but then they'll immediately tell you, well, I don't really believe what they teach. That's that old common sense thing, you know, that it's not common. <laughs> Just common sense would tell you, well, if you don't believe what that church is teaching, you know that they're not teaching the true gospel, and you are saved, then come out from among them and be ye separate to what God says. Amen. <laughs> But um, the same thing was true of Israel. And um, the, the, the difference is that if you are in a cult or false religion now, you can at least join yourself with a group, if not a local church that's you know, organized in that sense. Like we were organized, technically we, they would call us organized and all that means is that we show we have a name for our church we have a pastor we have set times we get together you know, that's as far as our organization goes um, when you talk about organization it's a sense of like a 
entity, a body, that's denominationalism, and the Bible actually doesn't say anything about that. That's man-made. But um, when you leave, let's say you're in the Roman Catholic Church or in some other, I mean, there are plenty of other churches that teach false gospels and false doctrines, right. and you come out of that, and then you can join yourself to a group. It was a lot different. This was the only game in town. The temple. And what You couldn't just say, well, you, you people at the temple are apostates, so I'm just going to start offering sacrifice at my house. Have a house temple. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't do that. You was forbidden to do that. It was a priesthood and everything. So you would go ahead, in this case, you would go ahead and obey God. And even though the you know, this isn't anything new, go back to when it um, they first uh, before they even had a king, before the kings, before the kingdoms, and um, it was Eli's sons that were the priests, and they were fornicating, lying thieves, and people kept bringing their sacrifices, but it said that they came to disdain it because the. The sons of Eli were sons of Belial, and they were wicked. They're actually fornicating at the temple, it says. And they would take, and they, they were supposed to take meat and offer it, and instead they would come with the big claw thing and want to hack off a bunch of raw meat to save for later. And the people said, wait a minute, you're not supposed to do that. And they basically said, shut your mouth or I'll hit you with this, this claw. It was violent about it, and so forth. So, I'm telling you, it's just one of the saddest things of human history is the, how often the religious leaders are crooks and liars. Right. It's like our government. But did you see, well, that's a whole everything. Oh, but No, don't apologize, but I'm just saying that's a whole, that should be, actually we expect that out of the government. <laughs> really? I mean, in government, we kind of expect them to, you know, be what they are. But in the churches, and you've yeah. seen, seen this, uh, what's his name, uh, Joel Osteen. Well, yes. <laughs> I posted in my, on my MeWe page, it shows him crying and wiping his eyes. Why? Because he just built his followers out of $180 million. Wow. And he was so happy about it, he was overcome with tears. Reminds me of the guys we're warned about that make merchandise of their people. $180 million. And he, he just, that's just the end of that. Now he'll start something else. There'll be more tens of millions of dollars. And it, you know, it takes money to do things. But ask you, go, find, go do a little research about what they're doing with that money. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, I want to go to Matthew chapter 15 real quick. Jesus, in his day, was dealing with the same sort of thing at the temple. Matthew 15, 7 and 8. And he refers back to the book we're studying, Isaiah. He says, verse 7, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, Isaiah, that's the Greek Hellenistic form of Isaiah. Isaiah translated into English. Isaiah. Isaiah. Read verse 8 with me. This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. 
but their, their heart, heart is far, far from, from me. And I don't hound on it, but you'll hear me uh, once in a while, you know, remind you that when we sing, you're supposed to be paying attention to the lyrics because it's supposed to be something from the heart you're singing to the Lord or about the Lord or for the Lord, whichever the case may be according to the song. And uh, if you're just, it's weird even reading, you know, there's times where I'll read a passage and I'll go, wait a minute, what did I, I just read that? Yeah. I didn't register what actually came out of my mouth or in my mind as reading it myself. So I go back and I'll read it again and pay attention. And so if you do that, it's normal. What's not normal is if you don't care and you don't go back and try to reread it. That's a little, <laughs> you want, you're reading the Bible because you want to receive the word, not just, little, 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 you know. But the same thing's true with our worship in song. And I've been guilty of it. I've, there, there it is, singing the song, singing the song. And all of a sudden I realize, I don't even know what I'm singing. And then I'll, I'll start paying attention at that point. Sometimes I've closed the hymn, put it down, and I'm what did we just say? You know, I just have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's bad enough. We, you, you should just be self-aware and make what you do to God sincere from your heart. It's even worse, though, when you come into a church and you sing those songs. You can't mean what it says because when you walk out those doors, you become a totally different person. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sh there's no such thing as Christians living a double life and being right with God. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Yeah, just, this reminds me of uh, one of the, I believe, I believe it's Buddy Davis who sang this song called The Chameleon Christian. Yeah. And it's all about the person who comes to church and they, you know, they seem to be there, but then they leave church and they're vanished completely. Because yeah. you can't tell them apart. Yeah, that's a good From illustration. <laughs> so, as we read what Jesus said here, quoting, he's actually quoting Isaiah 29, 13, if you want the reference. He's not quoting where we're at. He's quoting the same prophet. Um, God's pointing out this hypocrisy, and then he makes this amazing admission in verse 3. It's amazing... I think most people wouldn't think God would do this at first glance, at least when you say you first become a Christian. But look what it says, verse 3. Read that again with me. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Read verse 4. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow breasts. He says there that he tells everyone prophecies for different reasons. We've already read that one reason is because no one can say that there wasn't evidence for God. Bible prophecy from the Bible, infallible, never gets one wrong, totally not comparable to the psychics like Jesse Waters had on Fox News saying that Trump's going to lose it cuts the tarot cards. You see that last week? No. And you'll see that. These so-called conservatives. Jesse's probably a good Catholic or something. But you'll see these conservatives. And just when it comes down to spiritual things, just as blind as any liberal you ever met. 
You've every, I tell everybody, when a conservative political host that you agree with, or libertarian, or anyone like that, that you'd find a lot of agreement with, when they start talking about the Bible, you'd better get your Bible out and become Acts 1711 energized, you because they will constantly misquote the Bible, and Mark Dice does it. He teaches replacement theology with Israel and all kinds of nonsense. Mm. Says He actually attacks and, and mocks dispensationalism in the rapture and all that. But a bunch of them do that. They've done it on the Alex Jones show, and I've heard of it in years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, as you were talking about that, what immediately came to mind for me was Romans 1.20, for the invisible things of him. And the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Amen. Now that's another evidence though. That's not the same thing as this. Yeah. See, we were talking about it in the car on the way in. God's given all kinds of things that on judgment day, your lost loved one, my lost loved one is going to stand there and admit they looked at creation and saw them. They knew their conscience said this Amen. there's a God. It said clearly seen. Not only just the fact of creation, but just like we see the Death, burial, and resurrection. Every night the sun set, the sun rises. Every, all the seasons change. Winter is death, and what happens? Resurrection of spring. God has put his fingerprints on creation, and your conscience will talk to you about that. And then, if not, some people are born into families that talk about the Bible, go to a church that talks about the Bible, so it may be in, the, in a different order. My order was, the first things I heard as a kid was Bible prophecy. Then, later, I remember the creation being a witness. And then I could give you my Old Testament. You said you've heard it before, but eventually I became a believer at the age of 19. For years, I just would hear this stuff, and I'd be challenged with it, but I, I liked my sinful world I lived in. I just didn't want to give that up. Didn't want to repent toward God. <laughs> I didn't even want to consider the gospel, whether it's true or not, because I didn't, I didn't want it, so I didn't even consider it. But what's God saying here? That in addition to the witness that Brian mentioned of creation, the witness of your conscience, you know there's a God. The full, only the fool says in his heart there is no God, because in our conscience we know there's a God. In addition to that, then you have Bible prophecy. But then God says he does it knowing that... It's going to do nothing but provoke them to further rebellion. Mm -hmm. That's what he says, verse three, yeah. or verse four. Because why did he tell you the things before that they come up to pass? Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck, etc. Uh, the old saying is uh, <laughs> the first person I ever heard say this, and it was kind of offensive when the first time I heard it. <laughs> I really was like. I don't like this guy, but man, this is kind of crazy. I don't. That's, that sounds insulting to God to say this. Now I agree with him. He said, "God will give you enough rope to hang yourself." Yeah. Peter wrote. Yeah. And when he said that, it just hit me wrong. That God wouldn't do that. He does. Oh yeah. All you got to do is start reading your Bible and looking for it. It's all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. over and over, where God says, "You want to hang yourself." Here's the rope. Haman got hung on his own gallows. Yes. That's right. That's a, <laughs> that's a very good one. <laughs> yeah, John. Yeah. And, uh, and back to the cook on poverty texts. Yeah. He, uh, he narrowed it down to about 20, about 20 poverty texts that are really difficult. Mm -hmm. He said you can reason out about 15 of them. Mm -hmm. 
but there's five of them. There's no way in the world you can figure them out. And he said, God put them in there for the reason that if you want to call God, God's word, you know, uh, erroneous, yeah. he gave you five examples so you could go to hell on it. Yeah. So that's, that's the rope. I'm constantly, just this week, twice, have somebody throw the fact that, according to the Bible, we're not supposed to eat shrimp oh, yeah. and mix fabric, oh. you know, mm -hmm. because they don't rightly divide. Exactly. Then to them, it looks like we're a bunch of hypocrites who don't actually live by the Bible. Exactly. And then when I explain it to them, they don't want to hear it. Who had it? Was it Chuck or did you? Calvinism. Yeah. And uh, we were studying the book of John, and since we're in Isaiah, there's a reference to Isaiah in John 12, verse 40. He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. And so if he, being the Lord, has blinded their eyes, what Prevents someone from saying, okay, when they're in front of that judgment seat, are you blinded, Lord? One word. When? When did he do that? After they'd already rejected him over and over and over. And over and over. It never says you were born that way. Like Pharaoh. Like Pharaoh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that was brought up as well. When? After he had already rejected him over and over, and then he says, I know not the Lord. Out of his own mouth. So that, we did a study way back in, in uh, I can't remember what, what we were doing, but we went through all the references with Pharaoh, showing that there, there, there's times where it says God hardened his heart. There's other times it says he hardened his heart. And even other times where it just says his heart was hardened. You can see it's a progression, though. Yeah. yeah, it is a progression. Yeah. Same thing with Esau. You know, uh, John mentioned that, I think, last week. God says, Micah, the prophet, is it Micah or Malachi? You remember? Put Micah, you on the spot. Probably Micah. I think it's Micah. We'll probably come up in, in our Wednesday stage. We're going through Micah now. He says, uh, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. Oh, that's Malachi. Malachi. Yeah. Four or one. Well, but when? The, qu the question is when? And it was when Esau had already become obstinate and rejected the Lord's commandments. He married Canaanite women, was totally given over to the flesh, gave up his birthright, everything. And then that, but that text, if you read it in context, it's not speaking of the man Esau to begin with. It's speaking of the Esauites, the Edomites, his offspring. It's the nations behind that came from those men. Yeah. So that's a lot of times it's ask that question when, but also context. Is they ignore or maybe out of ignorance don't know the uh, the context, and that's when they teach that. Right. Johnny, you. I can think of two other examples that would 
that I think demonstrates the idea pretty well. One of them, I believe, is the would be the, where you had the two kings who wanted to go to war, and you had the forty prophets saying, "Go, go, you know, go and you'll win." But then yeah. the one prophet, and he describes a story on how God sent the lion spirit into the prophets, and that's like so. That's like a clear example of. They clearly knew what God wanted them to do, yeah. but they chose to disobey anyway, even though he came out and said that I sent these, or I'm allowing these prophets to lie to you to get the... Like, yeah. But he then, those prophets, because they rejected his true prophet, he sent the lying spirit. Exactly. Yeah, right? Yeah, you cannot reconcile that view of Calvinism. With the statement, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They, they're ignoring the, the, the full counsel of God and cherry picking what they want to support their. their and I can play devil's advocate and tell you all the things they'd say in response because I went through all that back in the mid 90s. I, wow. I wanted to be a Calvinist. No. I mean, I really, I mean, the Calvinist, uh, from a, until you get into the, I mean, some of the great <coughs> men, they were great men when they yeah. weren't preaching that Calvinism stuff. Yeah. They preaching the gospel, yeah. standing up for it. John Knox, man, I love that guy. Yeah. And even John Calvin, if you ignore what he did in Geneva. <laughs> but there's a lot about John Calvin that's very admirable. Um, but uh, I couldn't, couldn't, you know, biblically stand with him. I wanted to. But, but that preliminary yeah. statement is just a lie. You know, God did not create people to be bad. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up. It's it's important to understand that. A flat out lie. God created the men who rejected him and become wicked and are handed over. He didn't create them to be that. It's not his will that any should perish. Yeah. He created the men who become wicked. He didn't create them wicked. That's the big difference there. He is not the author. It's just like we talk, that's how the, and I'm not saying they even do it knowingly most of the time anyway. I think they have a right intention. <coughs> good intentions, you know, what does it say? The road to hell is paid with good intentions. I don't say they're all going to hell. That be on the record. I know some good Calvinist people who just can't wrap their mind around some of these things, I think, and they're saved. But, you know, uh, they, the Bible says, they'll say God chose us to salvation. And, but it says he chose us based on our belief of the gospel. Exactly. In Ephesians, it says he chose us in him. I've actually heard Calvinists misquote that, whether they do it on purpose or not. They'll say he chose us to be in him. Yeah. Wait a minute, it didn't say chose us to be in him. It says it chose us in him. In other words, you received the gospel, you are now in Christ and chosen for salvation. And the simple, as simple as it is, is all... Saved people are in Christ and they are elect. He that hath the Son hath Christ. Yeah. He that hath not the Son hath not Christ. You're not in Christ. All right. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath, hath not, not life. life. Yeah, that's. But the wrath of God abides. Amen. So um, then we go on to another one here. That was a lot of fun. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my note here says Bible prophecy demonstrates that God has caused the thing to happen that has been prophesied. Read verse 5. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee. Lest thou shouldest say, mine idol hath done them. 
and my graven image and my molten image hath commanded them. So another purpose in Bible prophecy is to shut the mouths of the idol, idol worshippers. Because only God prophesies and gets it right 100% of the time. The idols don't speak at all. And even if someone claims, well, I heard the voice of this God. Okay, let's write all those prophecies down and test them. And you'll find, of course, you throw enough things against the wall. Something might stick once in a while. But they are not anywhere near meeting the threshold, which is 100% accuracy. <laughs> so that's why you know they're, they're not worth your time. Um, I, I was thinking this. A man once mailed a document to himself. And later, a plagiarist stole the content and published it. So that man then produced the time-stamped envelope with the content. First, his attorney established, the plagiarist, established when he claimed he came up with it and when he printed it. Then, this guy produces a document enclosed, sealed, sent by, what do they call that, uh, registered mail or whatever, with date stamped. That's how they were able to prove that the plagiarist didn't come up with it. He stole it. You know, uh, people that write songs do that all yeah. the time. And, this, yeah. and that's what God's saying here. You might have an idol worshiper like Muhammad who worships a black stone in the Kaaba in Mecca. They're idolaters. They worship the moonstone that used to be the moon god. And he might make a prophecy once in a while that sounds like it's true, but number one, most of them are just general stuff like God's going to come back and judge everybody. Ooh, that's deep. But once in a while they'll get, but what you'll find is they're just repeating something they got from the Bible. And God says, no, no, no. This book is day stamped. <laughs> and you can tell some prophet in the was the 6th or 7th century did not come up with that when it originates in a book that predates him by anywhere from uh, the New Testament by six or seven centuries, the Old Testament by thousands of years. And so uh, that's how God's working this thing. <laughs> Look at verses six and seven now. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. Any honest man's going to look at this Bible and the Bible prophecy and they're going to understand God wrote it. He knows these things. No man knows these things on his own. There is a God. And this God in this book is the God. Amen. That's what he's saying. Verse 7. They are created now and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldest say, Behold, I knew them. In other words, it's not just prophecies in the far distant past that could be copied and the ignorant may not know that they originally came from God in the first place but these prophecies that God tells right before they happen see so um, the contemporary with, with the events taking place that God dropped a breaking news you ever seen it? That has become so overused it doesn't mean anything anymore. I actually, I'm not kidding. You think I'm making this up. I got a picture of it if I could find it. I bought a bag of chips. 
they were called breaking news. <laughs> wow. And I looked it up. It's because everybody's such suckers. Anytime they see breaking news, it stops them. Oh, yeah. So somebody got the idea, let's put it on a chip bag. And I bet it worked. And it worked. <laughs> I bought them. <laughs> yeah. And actually, they were the low-fat uh, version of the veggie chips that we buy. And it was the only ones they had. And, but I bought them and didn't even realize I said it, actually. And I got home and I'm like, breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Veggie chips. <laughs> but anyway, this is another evidence for God. It's, you say it's Bible prophecy. Yeah, but there's different types of Bible prophecy. And there's prophecies given thousands of years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. But then just to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt, he's still prophesying about things taking place right in that time. Now, we don't have prophets doing that today. But it's one of the things we're talking about in our Friday Evidence for God devotionals right now. Is that there's things God prophesies that we're seeing come to pass right before our eyes. Mm -hmm. Contemporary to us. And so you take the whole big picture, you just feel sorry for people who re reject God. It's so insane. Amen. And sad. Yes. And they'll admit once they stand before the Lord, but then it'll be too late. Look at verse 8. Yea, thou heardest not. Yea, thou knewest not. Yea, from that time that thine ear was not opened. For I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. That's heavy stuff. But look, God's been saying this about Israel. Always remember, uh, God loves Israel, but it's based on his word, not on their wonderful, you know, self-esteem stuff again. Mm -hmm. They're not that wonderful. <laughs> well, let's go to Deuteronomy real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Even today, I, I hear people say, like, if you knew the Jews like I did, if you had to live around the Jews like I didn't have to deal with, it, deal with them, you'd feel the same way I do. I know most of the Jews you ever meet are jerks. So are most white people, so are most black people, so are most Hispanic, Latino, whatever. Most people are jerks. <laughs> it's just weird that everybody, I'm supposed to hate all Jews because most of them are jerks, and then I'd hate all my, most of my relatives I'd hate. Amen? Amen. I know I'm not alone in that. I've heard some of you talk. <laughs> Look here, Deuteronomy 9, 7. Read that with me. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until ye came unto this place, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. He's basically saying, you know, you guys are just a bunch of trouble. Just trouble. I used to, used to wonder if my dad was serious. You know, I walk in the room, here comes trouble. <laughs> I think he was serious <laughs> at least back then uh, look at verse 24 De Deuteronomy 9 turn over to verse 24 just a real blatant repeat of what we just read read that with me ye have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you how many of you uh, I, not a show of hands but uh, did your mom say to you, you know, ever since the day you was born you've been nothing but trouble to me I know some people whose mothers said that. 
That's not a good thing. Amen. But you know what? Before we go, I bet that mommy loved you. Amen. Mommy still loved you. And God still loves these people. He's just telling them the truth. Um, wasn't it? I was thinking, you know, the reason he loves Israel, or at least one reason, he had that connection with Abraham. Well, that's what we're getting to. Don't, okay, don't, sorry. That's exactly right. Turn over to Deuteronomy 31. That thing that he had with Abraham called his word. He gave his word. Deuteronomy 31, 16. Thirty-one, sixteen. Read that with me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a whoring after the God of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. He made that covenant with them. It was originally with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go over to. Uh, uh, well, for the sake of time, let's go on uh, back to our text. I thought I had it right there. Uh, Jenny, look it up for me. I didn't write that reference down. I thought I had it right what? there. Where uh, he, the Lord said, it's not because of you. <laughs> he just flat out says it. He's telling them why. Oh, I found it. Deuteronomy 7. Go back to verse chapter 7. This will close on this. Verse uh, 6. Actually, start with verse 6. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. If you're there, read it. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and so forth and so on. God just made a plain that it's not because Israel is so wonderful, it's because of His Word. That's why you and I, we shouldn't live in sin. We shouldn't do things to shame the Lord, or bring shame and reproach on the name of the Lord. We should live for the Lord. That when we do fail, stop saying, oh, I feel like I'm saved. Because God said you're saved. It's His Word that you're saved by and based upon, not your actions. And if you're his child, though, watch out. He's going to deal with you. Chastise you. Real quick. And close. I was reading something this week in, in uh, Exodus. And, said, and the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? So even though we are saved, we are to be obedient unto him and deliver him. Yeah. But when you're not, everybody wants to say, there's guys on YouTube especially, I don't even think he's saved. I don't think you say why? Because they disagree with them on something. Yeah. Stupid, silly. Now the question is: Are you saved? And if you are saved, 
that it's not about salvation anymore. It's about your relationship with the Lord. His word says you're saved, just like with Israel. They were chosen based on his word. Now, on an individual basis, there's not everyone, not all the Jews are going to be in heaven. Uh, but the nation of Israel will stand based on God's word. You as an individual saved, you're saved by the word of God. Receive ye the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Saved by faith, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. That's close. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your word and this study that sets us straight on some things, but also helps us understand some things we're seeing right here before our eyes in our present day. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who does teach us. And now we just ask, Lord, you bless our time as we go into our morning service and our fellowship afterward for the glory and praise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 A beautiful home. All right, guys. I'll see you in a bit.